I'm Erin Ryan. With me, Ziwe Famuto from New York. Z-Way. Hi, guys. Uh, Megan Gailey is with me here in LA. Hello. And uh, we're also excited. This is the first time the three of us have. I know. I've never met Z-Way, but you were in my dream the other night. Wow. This week, Z-Way and Megan Gailey joined me to talk about Betsy DeVos's bad ideas, Melania's Christmas cry for help, and Dolce & Gabbana's bad apology. But it's not all bad. We also talk about the future Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and how women like her are breaking the mold for what it means to age into power. Plus, Z-Way and Megan team up to try to make me watch The Real Housewives. Not going to do it. And, of course, The Hills Will Die On. We have a little bit of housekeeping before we get into it. Uh, first, uh, Hills Giving episode was a great success. Um, we actually have a lot of leftovers from that episode, as one does <laughs> as from Thanksgiving. Do. Exactly. Um, and so we're going to make Listener Hills Will Die on a part of the show on the regular. So we're going to have a couple from you guys this week. And then, you know, if when they come to your mind, you can email them to us in the form of a voice memo at hysteria at um, We love to hear them. They're great. Caroline loves listening to them and uh, <laughs> not telling me what they are before because it's funner to listen. Funner. 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 <laughs> For listeners to hear a live reaction than to hear me be like, well, this is a thing about. (laughs) Um, That was a great impersonation of yourself. Thank you. That's how I talk when I'm not on the mic. She's method. Yeah, I am method. Um, Second item of housekeeping, uh, Megan Gailey just got engaged. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Here. Oh, my God. I didn't. Oh, look, it's. Beautiful. I didn't even come in and show everybody. I just referenced that I had to get my nails redone. That's such but, a sneaky way to be able to bring up the fact that you're engaged. Well, honestly, wow. I was really hoping the nail woman would say something because when you get Did the she? ring fresh, it's sparklier. Like it is. It just is. No, she didn't say it. I was like, I just got engaged after like 30 minutes of sitting with her. And she was like, <laughs> wow. And then she looked at the ring and then didn't say anything. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, shady woman, I love you. <laughs> Wait, you were so saying rude. you were saying before we started recording that people were asking if you were going to change your name. Well, not even that way that people have been like, I'm sending you a present. What is your new name going to be? And I'm like, my new name. My, no, my name is Megan Gailey till the day I die. The only person who's even up for consideration of changing their name is my fiance. He may take Gailey. That's he so doesn't know that, that would be so progressive. I think Gailey's fun, happy. He has a great last name, too, but there's not a chance in hell I'm changing my name. No, don't change it. I wanted to have my husband named Z-Way as well, now that I think of it. <laughs> your first name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Z-Way. People have congratulated me and said, and give my congratulations. Congratulations to Mr. The future Mr. Gailey. That's great. So people do understand that I am selfish and a feminist. <laughs> Good. That's amazing. And uh, Z-Way, I look forward to sending you and your future husband Christmas cards addressed simply to <laughs> Z-Way. Z-Way. <laughs> <laughs> that is my dream and my goal. If any lucky fellows are out there, please, Mr. Z-Way. <laughs> so I have some housekeeping as well. If you are in New York City, the NYC don't go to Manhattan. Go to Brooklyn at Union Hall on December 7th at 7.30 p.m. for my pop show where I'll be doing live performances of my hit singles, Ponderosa with Amarosa from Melania <laughs> to Sri Lanka and Make It Clap for Democracy. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Those See are you all on there. Spotify, right? They're all of them but Melania. I'm remixing it right now okay. with All I Want for Christmas. Make It Clap for Democracy is a work of art. And oh also, my God, thank you. It's, and also, I went to one of Z-Way's pop shows in uh, in Brooklyn before I left. And it is so much fun. So if you're in the city, thank you, should, you. you should definitely go. Z-Way is it's a pop nuts. star. <laughs> People take off their clothes, which is the best part. People like throw shirts at me. It's like dirty and sweaty and awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Let's get into the news. Um, things are going on in the world continually. <laughs> That's me introducing Oh, weird. The, news. the world keeps turning. Things are continuing to go on in the world. Um, there's like, you know, women who are in the news, they kind of pop out to me just because as as a woman, um, I tend to gravitate towards stories that have to do with things that other women do or that things that other women are achieving or things that other women are challenging. And there are some women that are invariably doing things that I'm not super excited about. And uh, let's, let's get into that first. Uh, Cindy Hyde-Smith. A uh, Mississippi Republican has defeated Democrat Mike Espy in uh, in their home state of Mississippi. Uh, Cindy Hyde-Smith is kind of noteworthy. She's kind of a caricature 
of what everybody who has never been to Mississippi thinks Mississippi is. Um, she had a she she got in trouble earlier this year for or I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, but it could have been ten thousand years ago. Um, Senator Hyde Smith said uh, of one of her supporters, "If he invited me to a public hanging, I'd be on the front row." And then she spent a few days refusing to apologize. And then during a debate with her uh, her foe, Mike Espy, she said, I used an exaggerated expression of regard and any attempt to turn this into a negative connotation is ridiculous. So she didn't even really apologize. And then it turns out that Hyde Smith uh, had a picture taken outside of Jefferson Davis's home while wearing uh, looks like a, a Confederate holding a Confederate musket and saying that this was uh, Mississippi history at its best. And then it turns out she went to a segregation high school. Yeah. So um, <laughs> here's my question. I mean, and now she's the new she's the new elected senator from Mississippi. Before that, she'd been appointed. So here's my question. Uh, if it looks like a racist, talks like a racist, went to a racist high school, then I guess it's a racist. It's a racist. For it's sure. a racist. Has anyone ever flat out? I mean, I'm sure they have been like, "Are you racist?" Because I, I think she, she would him and haw. Totally. I think she'd be like, "Well, you know," like I don't think she would have a definitive answer for that. Totally. I don't think anybody ever does. Well, we got to start doing that. Well, she, we got to start just number one on the ballot sheet when they're like, "What do I stand for?" It should be like, "Are you a racist?" Yeah. And then if you answer yes, then it's like, "Oh, it disintegrates into the air." <laughs> like the Avengers, it just goes away, and you're not allowed to fill out the rest. <laughs> oh, totally. The thing is, she kind of reads like a Dukes of Hazard villain. Like she's yes. just so comically evil. It's unreal. I don't understand her at all. She's like a she's a Harry Potter Southern. Like Slytherin, Umbridge. yeah, oh, Slytherin, yeah. Now, but now she's about to be a senator. There's something really funny. Well, she has, but she has been a senator. But there's something really funny about watching her being on the other side of these comments. It'll be interesting to see her on the other side of these revelations in a chamber with a group of empowered and fired up Democratic women, oh, totally. like Senator Ugh. Maisie Hirono, um, who we've had on the show before. I, I just, I kind of am like, okay, well, you won, but like, wait till you get back to DC. Because D.C. looks a little different now than it did before November 6th. I also do have to say, and I don't even mean this to be funny, I think that it is crazy that a man whose last name basically is ESPN <laughs> lost in a state that probably watches Fox News and then ESPN only. Like, <laughs> SB is the name of the award ceremony. It is. Like, people could have just seen it and been like, Oh, football, Ole Miss, Eli, you know, like I yeah. just don't understand. And I do that accent lovingly as someone from a northern state who has southern accents. <laughs> the thing about what I what's interesting about elections like this is that it reminds us of like how kind of ugly the racist side of our country is and how it's a part of our country, even if we don't we reject that as northerners, quote unquote. Like, yeah. whatever's happening in the South today could happen in the North tomorrow. And that's, like, an interesting way to approach how we can mend these fences and bring mm -hmm. this country together. Yeah, I agree. I was also, I watched The Hateful Eight for the first time recently. That's Why? holiday viewing. Because <laughs> I'm working on an idea for okay. something. And oh. it I was like, I should watch The Hateful Eight because it has some components of it. Not the racism and all the N-word using. But so when I was watching it, I remember thinking like the way that they talked about the way that the like clear villains, although everybody's kind of a villain, the way that the villains talked about black people, I was like, gosh, that that's cartoonish. Quentin Tarantino always does this. This is cartoonish. And then the next day I was listening to a podcast about uh, the history of voter suppression in Georgia, which uh, we'll put in the show notes. It's really good. Um, and they were playing audio from candidates for actual political office in Georgia in 1948, and they talked like Tarantino villains. Yeah. Like, this is, this is really... I think it's, it's as, a, as a white woman who lives in a major city and is surrounded by liberals almost all the time, I forget, like, how recently this was. And I think totally. that people who are not... People who are not as lucky as me don't have the luxury of forgetting. It's just like it's crazy the yeah. way that people would would so recently talk about uh, people of color in the American South and in the North for that. I matter. mean, I saw Widows over. The I love break. Widows. I did too. It was fantastic. I mean, it was a roller coaster. But Robert Duvall, who's playing one of the strangest roles I've ever seen him in, just screaming at nonsense at one point. 
is a is a Democrat leaving office in Chicago yeah. and is a racist. And it's like, I think that is probably not talked about either, is that there's old white men and old white women on the Democrat side who, behind closed doors, are probably racist as well. There are young yeah. white men and young white women who are definitely yeah. racist as well. Yes, that's We true. kind of, like, expect everyone to die out. But people haven't died out in centuries. It's so weird that racism hasn't just ceased to exist. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a that's a really good point. And um, speaking of people whose tenures I would like to see cease to exist, uh, <laughs> this is me segueing into the next story because I'd love to keep talking about this, but we got to get into Betsy DeVos. Oh. Uh, I know. <laughs> this happened over the Thanksgiving week, so it's a little bit of an old story, but I don't want to skip over it. Um, last week, the Secretary of Education and heir to the Amway fortune, Betsy DeVos, <laughs> uh, proposed some major changes to the way colleges deal with accusations of sexual misconduct. The proposal will actually narrow the definition of what it means to be sexually harassed, and it will make people accused of sexual harassment have more tools at their disposal to fight the charges. Now, in theory, those things make sense, sort of, because the college sexual assault situation is a is a mess. It is a terrible mess. And uh, but the way that DeVos wants to go about it is by changing what by making it more difficult for women to say they were harassed. So making the definition of harassment um, as severe, so severe, pervasive and objectively offensive that it is effect that it effectively denies a person equal access to education. So pervasive. Uh, so if you just got, you know, had somebody drug you or drink at a party and sexually assault you, is that if it only happens once, is it pervasive? Like wh th that word is, is very uh, questionable. It would also only require uh, schools to investigate complaints if it was reported to a certain group of campus officials and only if the incident happened on campus or at a campus affiliated property. Now, this is something that really raised red flags for me um, because it's another way for colleges to get out of having to promote equality in education. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, Betsy DeVos's family also has its fingers in some for-profit education. So they always have, you know, the, in Betsy DeVos's tenure as education secretary has been kind of colored by moves that that privilege the needs of college administrations over the needs of the people who attend colleges. Uh, here's the part that really made my skin crawl, though. Um, the proposal will allow the accused to cross-examine the accuser. Insane. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. But there is, here. here's something good for you rape victims who I guess needed to be taken down a notch. Uh, the uh, the cross-examine can be done by a lawyer. So if a rich kid gets accused of rape at college, he can hire a lawyer to cross-examine his accuser during the hearing. Yeah. So that's happening. So this isn't the first time that that they've been trying to chip away at this. One of the things that Obama and, and Joe Biden, when he was vice president, uh, kind of championed was a more victim focused, uh, proactive approach to sexual misconduct and assault on campuses. And Betsy DeVos seems intent on kind of dismantling that. So, yeah, it sucks. I don't I have, I have nothing else to say uh, except I don't know. Megan, why do you think she did this? I when you read that New York Times article and they sort of talk about, like, uh, you know, these perpetrators are, are faceless as of now who will benefit from this because we have not seen the benefits of what they will get from this. But the, the places that absolutely will benefit from this are the universities themselves. And I'm just I hate college. Like, I I, truly, <laughs> I think I will, like, tell my kids don't go to college. I yeah. think that's like the point that I'm going to be at, because between like. This, the debt, like, it's like, this is not the purpose of higher education and universities. Mm -hmm. to, That's a good point. To, per, to protect horrible things that are happening there. And then also, if, lo and behold, you get out of there without something terrible happening to you, then you're $150,000 in debt. And then also, we have athletes who are being asked to put their lives on the line and be given no financial or even medical compensation for any of that. It's like they're evil on every level, and I don't know how. I went to a Big Ten university. Oh, you did? Was, I did, I know. It was now in the midst of its own sort of scandal within this, and I'm just like, I, I don't understand at what point did schools go, we don't want to protect anyone who goes here on any level. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that, 
is that's the only thing that's pervasive is that the schools don't give a fuck about you. They just want to make money. And it's like, that's just not the point of what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it's also the way that we see it in headlines. Totally. You know, like the Brock, the Brock Turner thing was supposed to be, we're supposed to be like inspired by it sort of, but every beat of that story since the victim's letter was read from the courtroom in the courtroom has been like progressively more depressing, you know? I think on college campuses, it also can be confusing. And I, and I think we've seen this, especially like in instances of the, the hunting ground and just in personal experiences that I that I know through being a woman on a college campus. It's like, do you go to the campus police? Do you go to the police of the place that's it? Like they have failed on every level. I've seen mm-hmm. the campus police fail. I've seen the city police fail like you're telling us to go and it's still not happening and so i don't think it's crazy to be like these are two students that go to this school the school needs to like have a say in what the fuck is going on and their say now is going to be oh hey boy that raped uh the girl why don't you go ask her some questions Mm -hmm. like what that's that's a horror it's outrageous Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, this sort of made me think about, I went to Notre Dame, which is a Catholic school. Who has a bad track record. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, when And when I was there uh, in undergrad, there were uh, rules called parietals, and I believe they still exist. It, any Notre Dame listeners can go ahead and let me know if they don't. If they don't, congratulations. But the parietals were basically visiting hours. All the dorms are single sex, and the visiting hours are like nobody from the opposite sex can be outside of like 24-hour spaces in the dorm after a certain time. And yeah. when I was there, it was midnight on weeknights and 2 a.m. on weekends. So you couldn't have a boy in your room and you couldn't be in a boy's room. And if that time hit 2 a.m. and you were in a boy's room, you were staying the whole night or you would get in trouble, <gasps> basically. What? Yeah. Like you would get, you. Could, it was really hard to sneak out because, like, yeah, I had, it, we would get creative, but like not, not trying to sneak out, but like trying to sneak in because yeah. people would start like, keeping a better eye on like dorm room stairs before, you know, like an hour before. So the the point I was making was like up until around when I graduated, there were no um, specifications in the rules that if you're a woman who's in a guy's room and you're getting sexually assaulted, you won't get in trouble for breaking parietals like that. W- like it was like if you were in a guy's room, it was after 2 a.m. and something bad was happening. If you left the room, you would get in trouble for breaking rules because you were you were caught and it was like yeah that was like the people hadn't just like hadn't thought about it they weren't like oh yeah yeah the policies are all just backwards i remember reading about a policy that was to curb sexual assault they would have sororities not serve alcohol or like or rather i was in a sorority um and we weren't sororities weren't allowed to actually technically have alcohol in their in their sorority house it was dry because the plot being that if women were had alcohol, they you know bad behavior, bad things could happen. You could be raped because of your consumption of alcohol without ever addressing that men are the aggressors in the situation and they they are drinking as well, and that's what gets them handsy. And sometimes they're totally sober, and this happens as well. So the policy yeah. for these colleges is so backwards. There's a lot of blame on women. Yeah. I think, but I think also like predators use alcohol as a as an excuse for what they do. Totally. Like, I don't think that... And alcohol doesn't make anybody into a predator. I don't believe... I don't oh, buy I don't that so. thing. It's like, oh, I was well, drunk and well. I would never have groped you. It's like, no, you were always that guy. But alcohol lowered your inhibitions and allowed you to act on that. Oh, totally. We weren't allowed to have men... I was in a sorority, lived in a sorority house for two years. And men were only allowed on the first floor. And we had, like, the strictest rule on campus. And I remember, like, friends in other houses, they were like, isn't that terrible? And I was like, no, it's actually awesome. I don't want any of these girls' boyfriends upstairs walking around while I'm like showering get the fuck out of my house fair (laughs) it was great and guess what I would put self tanner on and walk around upstairs naked all the time (laughs) and it was freeing and beautiful and the older girls were very disturbed by me (laughs) (laughs) well on that note (laughs) uh, well I think it's important just just to kind of bring it back to the original title nine stuff um Keep, we're, we'll be keeping an eye on what Betsy DeVos is doing, and I'm sure that there are organizations out there that are working to make sure that 
uh, victims of sexual violence on college campuses uh, have justice. And we will link to a couple of them in our show notes today if you're interested in that. Um, but speaking of get the fuck out of my house, Melania <laughs> Trump Melania. has decorated Z-Way's favorite. I love Melania. Melania has decorated the White House. And I don't even want to introduce this. Z-Way, I kind of just want to let you describe what's happened in the, in the White House. What does it look like? How do you feel about it? Um, how's how's your version of Melania doing? Melania, her, so she decorated the White House for Christmas, and it looks like the Red Wedding. All of the Christmas trees are decorated in blood. Um, and this is her version. Human blood or animal blood? Who knows? TBD, to be determined. But it <laughs> is visually um, abhorrent. And that's pretty much the story. What I thought was really funny was last year, if you guys remember... Um, she decorated the White House in what looked like a forest of bones. Yeah. yeah. It was just like these fleshless, like, strips of of just, like, yearning organic material or material that used to be organic. And I like that this year it's like blood. Like, it, it went from being, like, a totally kind of almost goth White House to being, like, a metal-ass <laughs> Christmas. I do think what's happening is that we're realizing that the creative people in the world are Democrats. And so there's not, you know, like, let's, the correspondence dinner this year, no comedian, you know? Yeah. This. No, would, who would let this happen? You know, like, I've met, there's not interior decorators who would allow this. I think they're, they're the only interior decorators they could find to do the White House just have bad taste. Yeah. I mean, it's like evident in, in the graphic design, too. Whenever you see any sort oh, of Oh, the like, graphic design is horrible. Oh, it's bad. It's, it's bad. So, <laughs> it's so bad. And also, not to, I'm not going to like call anybody out specifically, but every once in a while I'll see a conservative woman and I'm like, oh, the makeup artist doesn't like you at all. Yeah. Really? Doesn't like you at all. You could just tell that oh, like the, the, the makeup artist is like, oh, like maybe somebody who's who's friends with a, pe- a bunch of people who are LGBTQ uh, or who is themselves a member of that community or is artistic or has but had their lives personally impacted by things that they're that are about to come out of their mouth. They're sort of like, all oh, right, here's my passive aggressive form of resistance. I'm yeah. giving you streaky blush. Yeah. Wow. I'm giving you. I'm giving you like 10 p.m. makeup at 2 p.m. And those people may have been mean to the makeup artist, too. Yeah. And if you ever see someone be mean to a hair and makeup person, don't trust that person. Don't give them anything. Don't give them food. Don't ask them to watch a child. Those are bad people that cannot be trusted. Who's mean to their makeup artist? I've never there seen that. There are people, Z-Way. There are people. <laughs> I have seen them. And it is horrible. And guess what? They look like shit. Do you wow. think Melania was mean to her interior designer? No, I honestly watching that because I did watch the video. I had this like epiphany of like, oh, my God, I forgot they live there. Yeah. Like truly, I was like, what? <laughs> wow, I forgot this. Like she's just <laughs> traipsing around in a very strange coat. Um, no, I don't think she was mean to them. I think it's just this is. You know, when they go out to do, let's find an interior decorator, there were two, and one was blind, and <laughs> one was this person, and they were like, well, I guess we got to pick this person. I see it as, like, she's, to me, she's, like, this Mary Shelley, like, c- kind of gothic character, like, Cruella DeVille, like, the next thing I see for the next Christmas is, like, the Dalmatian on the floor. I see her as this, <laughs> you know, this, like, really comical kind of queen, I don't know. So, yeah. So maybe it was mean. Maybe that's just her taste. She also had a gold toilet as well. So that's true. They're yeah. kind of, she was eating diamonds in that one photo. She's a little god, a little god. Yeah, now. that's I think the regular Christmas trees actually look fine. Yeah. But it's like pretty hard to mess up a Christmas tree. It is really hard but to mess that, up a Christmas tree. Yeah, that one where it's which I think is like whoever is at the White House. They're like, this is what we have to do. You know, like they're like, this is the standard. It'll just be a Christmas tree with lights and ornaments. And then she put be best on it. And they're like, listen, that's not what we discussed. But mm-hmm. but then when she has <laughs> her one little hallway, she's allowed to do. Yeah, it does look like The Shining. Yeah, it does look like The Shining. But I don't understand why she doesn't just, like, plagiarize Michelle Obama. Like, just look at the last <laughs> last years of the White House and just copy that. It's so easy. Yeah, she does love copying Michelle Obama. That's true. Here's my my straight-laced theory here. I think that... I think that the delusional people in the White House thought that there would be a red wave 
this election. Oh, oh you and think I think so? that they are trying. Yeah, and I think they're oh. trying to, to to they planned this out before they had to get this the ball rolling on this oh, before yes. the election. And I think that they were like, you know what, we're going to decorate a hallway like the red wave, and then Melania can do kind of a cocky strut down it. But now <laughs> the Democrats have picked up 40 seats in the House, yeah. and we're about to talk about that in the next segment, thank God, because I'm tired of talking about these people. But uh, now the Democrats have picked up 40 seats in the House. This kind of red Christmas tree hallway just kind of looks like a hall of tampons. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was thinking of my flow, <laughs> because it's kind of a red wave of its own. <laughs> Oh, on that note, this is exactly how I want to end it, with a period, the way everything should end. Uh, We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Nancy Pelosi and what it means to be a woman who's getting older now and how kind of exciting it is that she's almost 80 and is still kind of out there kicking ass. So taking a break, and we'll be right back with more Hysteria. Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Tired of boring workout gear? Check out Viore. Viore's versatile and comfy products are designed to look great in and outside the gym, whether you're running, training, or even just lying on your couch, enjoying the fact that your two-year-old child is leaving you alone for five blessed minutes. I love that for Viore. You know what? That seems like a real perk of Viore. (laughs) It is. It's perfect. It's cut perfectly for lying down and just savoring a moment to be left alone. It's great. (laughs) Five stars. No comment. 100% great. That's the type. That's my favorite sport. The new, the women's performance jogger is the softest jogger you'll ever own. Grab one of these new colors before they sell out and check out the women's daily legging, which features a high waist drawstring tie and upgraded no slip fit. All things that are absolutely essential in a legging. Essential. I love these leggings. They are because, you know, like not everybody's the same, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's like I need a little bit more room around my booty. So I size up a little bit, but then it's usually too big in my waist. And so now I just just pull that drawstring. And exactly. I, don't show, I don't show any crack when I bend over. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. See, you have your baby and I have my butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> For guys, there's the men's core short, the most comfy lined athletic short out there, and the men's Sunday performance jogger. Oh, my gosh. Alyssa, my brother, who I have given Viore performance gear to. Yes won an ultra marathon over the holidays. I saw that. That is so incredible. He ran 80 miles in the freezing cold. I don't think he was wearing his Viore core shorts because that would be dangerous. Dangerous. But, but he he loves wearing them to train, and uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so pr- Viore played a role in his ultra marathon win. <laughs> Uh, plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint and reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 onwards. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's Stay Out of My Swamp for Florida, Stay Out of My Hole for Arizona, Stay Out of My Prickly Pear for Texas, and Stay Out of My Strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. It's 2024. We're facing another presidential election with huge stakes. You want to help. You don't know where your money will actually make a difference or how to figure that out. Ensure you love to take an edible and not think about it, but you can't because you do care. Let Vote Save America make it easy for you with their new anxiety relief program. Here's how it works. You set up a monthly recurring donation at the level that feels right for you, and Vote Save America will send 100% of it to the grassroots organizations and down-ballot races that need it most. Then at the end of the month, they'll tell you where your dollars went. That's it. Set it and forget it. Vote Save America has already raised $52,000 in monthly recurring donations. Love it. That's great. From over 1,000 amazing sustaining donors who've signed up and trusted Vote Save America to make their dollar go further. But we still have a long way to go and Vote Save America needs your help to get there. Sign up at votesaveamerica.com. 
and enjoy your edible. <laughs> Legal disclaimer, paid for by Vote Save America, votesaveamerica.com, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. And we're back with some personal political this week. I was thinking a lot about Nancy Pelosi, as one does. Um, She's somebody who I don't always get very excited about, just because sometimes she seems like she's really good at what she's supposed to do, and sometimes I wish that she would do things a little differently in ways that were more inspiring to me. But over the last couple weeks, she sort of solidified herself as this kind of icon of what it could look like as a woman to like age into your power. And I don't mean that in any way that's like condescending or anything like that. I was reading about her and you know, she, she first got into politics at age 46, 46. Mm -hmm. And now she is kind of universally known even among people who hate her as somebody who is really fucking good at being speaker of the house. If her job as speaker of the house is to pass legislation that her uh, party wants. So Nancy Pelosi, age 78, is about to take the gavel from Paul Ryan, uh, who is a terrible speaker of the House. Your dad. And, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. For him to be, I'm going to take. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take my last name back. <laughs> Reclaim it. I'm t- take I'm it taking back. it back. I'm making Ryan's great again. <laughs> now that that fucking guy is not going to be speaker anymore. He can slink off to Wisconsin. But, you know, thinking about Nancy Pelosi at 78 years old, being more formidable than men half her age, made me think about how... I think my concept of what it was to be a woman was kind of bound by old ideas of when women are valuable. You know, like I always kind of thought like thought of my life as like, okay, when I hit 45, I'm just going to kind of like, you know, gradually ramp down into being a grandma. And now it's like, wait, what? Why did I ever think that? I that Nancy Pelosi is an example of somebody who has like indeterminate growth of being a badass. Oh, totally. And I was just wondering, Z-Way, what you thought of Nancy Pelosi and if she made you feel the same way that I feel about aging after seeing what she's capable of at age 78. I definitely love, I just, it's, I'm very empowered by getting into a, a career late in your life and then just being very good at it and making all these foes because of how good you are at that. Um, and her politics aside, I can respect that from any woman. I like it. Like work, yeah, I want to work into my grave. we're gonna have to work forever um megan are there other women that you've seen sort of age into their power that kind of excites you and makes you want to emulate them um before i get into that i would like to say i do not look forward to aging (laughs) i'm doing everything to i don't look i look forward to the respect that an older woman receives as opposed to a younger woman Mm -hmm. i look forward to men stopping talking to me like (sighs) I can't wait to sit at an airport bar and for no one to come up and try and have sex with me. Like, I can't fucking wait. I do like wearing this ring because I do think men show more respect to the property of other men. Yeah, um, definitely. Oh, it's so depressing. But it is so depressing. I would really like to keep my 32-year-old face. I really would. I love yeah. it. But then I guess people were going to keep trying to fuck me because it's such a fuckable face. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's I'm conflicted. Um I mean, but it, yeah, I, my favorite <sighs> icon person is Cher, you know, Cher, oh, I saw Cher same. two weeks ago. She is touring at 72 mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's in a glitter thong. I love Joan Rivers. Like there is, I do think there is so much like we can learn and just be in awe of and be inspired by these women that continue to work until the day they can't move anymore. Totally. That being said, I would like to be retired at 40. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired. Um, And I don't really do anything. I'm exhausted by the fact I have to go to San Diego today. Not even driving. I have to sit in a car and be driven to San Diego. And I'm like, God, I'm going to need to get some caffeine. So, but I have always said like, If I made a bunch of money, I would like to go to law school and then represent people pro bono in wrongful conviction cases. Oh, cool. Right. And you could totally start at a Pelosi age. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Yeah. That's what I want to do with being a real housewife. 
I, yes. Those are like the elderly women that I can absolutely respect. They're icons too. They're Look at Ramona icons Singer. Too. They are these. She's a they devil, but she looks incredible. Exactly. They say <laughs> that there are no roles for women in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Casey Wilson says that. And, you know, look at the Real Housewives, Potomac, Atlanta, New York, New Jersey, Auckland. Like, there are so many older women Auckland. who are... Six, Auckland. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's Sydney. There's Melbourne. There's so many older women on that show starting drama. And I would like to have that... In, I would like to be someone in my 80s starting drama. Like that makes me <laughs> yeah. feel excited to know that I can be as dramatic <laughs> as an elder. I do like the idea of like being sexy forever. You know, totally. like I think Helen Mirren is given us like a lot of like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. girl. Mm-hmm. And and so that is like that's definitely like appealing to me, but I don't want people to come up and talk to me. You know, like I want them to be like, "Oh, I wish I could have sex with her and then just go away." From afar. First, of, a couple couple thoughts. <laughs> First of all, uh, I feel like a, a bad millennial woman, but I've never seen a single episode of The Real Housewives any franchise. You like it? It's I've, I've tried to peek in on it, and and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. I started watching Love Island per your recommendation, oh, Megan, and good. I was like, wow, this is totally changing my idea of what British people are. I guess they're dumb, but they're <laughs> lovely to each other yeah. at least. Yeah, they're, like yeah. kind. Uh, but another thing about like concepts of aging. Here's here's what I'm excited about. I love the idea of being able to like start a second career at age in my mid 40s. Totally. Like, that's, so, right? that's so exciting to me. Like, I think it'd be really fun to go to law school. Yes. I think it'd be really cool to to learn about like the Constitution and the history of the Supreme Court and all that stuff, because that's what I nerd out on anyway. And I would just like to do that full time. But that another thing that I was thinking about was earlier this week, my boyfriend and I were talking about this like idea for a project that I had and we were kind of bouncing ideas around and there was this one character in it that I was like, she needs to be 65 plus. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, that's too old for the character. And I was like, do you know what actresses are 65 plus? And I started Googling people. And like, I think that what's really exciting is that our concept of age is now like opening up because there's so many different people living out age in different ways. Mm-hmm. So we have people living out age 78, like Nancy Pelosi, Meryl Streep is what, like 70. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like Naomi Watts is like in her fifties. Crazy. Yeah. She's, yeah. Wait, like really? so is Sandra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like 50 and she's incredible. And it's, it's not like necessarily about for me. It's like sexiness thing is, is fun, but I think that sexiness isn't, is kind of a, a a part of like gravitas mm. and I think that like like Erica Jane. gravitas is something that you can build and gravitas and expertise are things that you can just build forever like they don't go away when you hit menopause you can continue to get smarter and smarter and smarter and better and better and better at your job like things don't get taken away from you and I just I, I think about like we have different examples of women who are 50 60 70 who aren't like this is something I think about a lot you guys watch Golden Girls Yes. You know, like the ages that those women were when they started filming mm-hmm. is like not that old, not that no, old right. at all. And like just I, I think a lot about how our concept of age has changed from when that show started even to today. Yeah. You know, I guess I, I would also like to see I I just think older women get respect Mm-hmm. Um, when they when they walk into a room in a way that younger women do not because younger women are still seen as sexual objects. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see that trend of respect of like, if you're a badass at what you do, no matter what age you're at, you should you should have that gravitas. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I think is like one of the ways that respect, ma- like I think older women should get respect when they walk into a room because they have built up experience and expertise yeah, they've survived yeah they've right. seen it all literally right but i also think that like sometimes the way that women are pitted against each other robs older women of the respect that they deserve because we're taught that somehow you know we're here to replace the older women or we're here yeah. to you know we're here to we're here to you know well steal your husband yeah making right. like, what it is. You're, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna get a younger yeah version of i'm gonna get a new model but what oh. that ends up doing is like chipping away at the respect that all of us get because like if yes. if women can yeah. unite but not not totally i don't like this whole like you know let's Listen, all unite. some of you we don't like okay yeah, and we, we just gotta say that some of you we don't <laughs> we don't support all women we support 99.9 percent, and we know what the that's high one percent is and you got to get the fuck out i of would here. say it's about 75 percent. i know but i'm trying to be kind i don't want twitter to be like you don't support all women it's like i do but no i don't I, some of you just can't sit with us but <laughs> but i think Regina. that like the 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but the the thing that I was thinking is about is like you know if younger women give the respect to older women that they hope to have when they get older, I feel like that will start a positive cycle of older women not becoming invisible totally yeah, as they age, and they get to just wear really fun clothes. Yeah, like, they I definitely do. pull out like tunics that I'm like I can't wait, and not just to, like a Saint John suit. I can't wait to just be in like a tweed. Chanel suit. Totally. I look forward to that. I look forward to like having giant rings that if anybody comes up to me, I could just slap them and they would like get a concussion. You are going to be quite a character. Yeah, I cannot wait to see Mama Elsa. You see how much leopard I wear now? Yeah. You just wait. I know. Yeah, we, we haven't doubled up on the leopard yet, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And the nice thing about like building cool big networks of women is that the boats rise with the tide. And so you give that beautiful leopard print Chanel tweed to someone you're mentoring or yeah, a daughter, exactly. you know, you pass and those pearls down. Oh my God. Pass them I, down. Cannot, I would be so honored if a woman who I, who I respected, who was like in her seventies was like, I bestow upon you my uh, leopard print. I know. Yes. <laughs> yes. It'd be iconic. <laughs> It would be incredible. Ziwei, is there uh, an age that you're excited to reach? And what are you going to do when you get there? What's something that you're like waiting to do when you get older? Uh, waiting to do when I'm old. I'm not waiting to do anything when I'm older, but I'm excited to get to 40. I think that women are so powerful and they exist in 40 as like they, have, they don't care what other people think about them. And I'm excited to be my version of myself, but older with more power under my belt and more enemies that I can seek revenge on. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. The real Z-Ways of New York City. And it'll just be Z-Way, her husband Z-Way, and her daughter Z-Way Z-Way. Junior, Z-way. yeah, Z-Way Junior and Z-Way the Third and George Foreman. <laughs> um, what do you think that women under 40 or under 35 uh, mm-hmm. can learn from women over 65? What have you learned from women that are over 65 that you are kind of like, oh, this is a great lesson? A great le- I can only control I can I can only control what I can control. And so I can't get stressed about others other factors that I have no control over. That's like a really important lesson to me that I'm still learning. Someone mm-hmm. recently said to me like smart people learn from their own mistakes, wise people learn from others' mistakes. And so that's what I'm trying. That was on an episode of Real Housewives. It was. <laughs> it was. I love that Kelly Dodd told that to me. Kelly Dodd. <laughs> Kelly Dodd said that on Real Housewives of Orange County. I feel like I don't even need to watch an episode now because I'm getting. You're living it right freak. now. You're welcome. Do you like how I slip in my propaganda? <laughs> You're so sneaky. As you started it, I was like, wow, I heard that recently, too. <laughs> I cannot wait. First, here's something I learned from people over 65. Birds are really interesting. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> okay. I cannot wait. No, I cannot wait. Ever since I was, like, tiny, I've been super interested in, like, birds, and I've looked forward to being over 65 because I'm like, I can become a birder. Wow. And <laughs> one year for Christmas, my parents, they, like, gave me – binoculars and a book that's like birds of central park and i would at around age 30 take my binoculars into central park and like look at birds with them i'm like getting i'm revving up i'm revving up to like be a birder uh be a birder who attends law school and possibly runs for the house of representatives oh i would (laughs) love that z-way you can be like you you can also run for the House of Representatives and we can both no, can have the cause drama pie. and I can be like, oh, I'm so not interested in this drama, but secretly really be into it. the drama. Yeah. The, oh, I will say the best um, the best person I ever met was a bird enthusiast named Tom Cohn. Fun fact. So bird people are cool people. For sure. There's a person I follow on Instagram who's a national reporter for the New York Times and does not cover birds at all, but his Instagram is 100% bird <laughs> pictures and they're really, really, really Weird. good. He's, he's my favorite Instagram follow. I will like tell you guys offline who it is, but it's it's fantastic. I'm not going to need the name, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Uh, okay, Real Housewives of Hysteria. Uh, we have to take a, <laughs> have to take a quick Call me break. Uh, okay, Joyce. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's a <laughs> and Ramona. Cut. We have Ramona and Joyce over. No, here. I'm, I'll be Erica uh, Jane. I I'm my a mind. Sonia. 
Okay. <laughs> you you were like, kill. I was just saying names I've heard. <laughs> I've heard okay, you're uh, Hortense and you're uh, uh, Morticia. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the new Dolce & Gabbana kerfluffle. I always feel like there's always a fresh kerfluffle with them. We're going to talk about that in the week in Sorry with Hysteria after the break. The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's Stay Out of My Swamp for Florida, Stay Out of My Hole for Arizona, Stay Out of My Prickly Pear for Texas, and Stay Out of My Strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. Did you know that women make up 56% of law students? That's grounds for bragging rights at the dinner table for your conservative uncle who still thinks women belong in the kitchen. It's clear that the future of the legal field is female. So why are so many legal podcasts and reviews authored by men? Hi, I'm Leah Littman. I'm Kate Shaw. And with Melissa Murray, we are the hosts of Strict Scrutiny. Each week, we break down the latest headlines and biggest legal questions facing our country through the lens of diverse voices to give you expert views you won't hear anywhere else. Strict Scrutiny is your guide to the Supreme Court. New episodes drop every Monday, plus bonuses whenever the Supreme Court takes away another one of our rights. Make sure to subscribe to Strict Scrutiny wherever you get your podcasts. It's 2024. We're facing another presidential election with huge stakes. You want to help. You don't know where your money will actually make a difference or how to figure that out. Ensure you love to take an edible and not think about it, but you can't because you do care. Let Vote Save America make it easy for you with their new anxiety relief program. Here's how it works. You set up a monthly recurring donation at the level that feels right for you, and Vote Save America will send 100% of it to the grassroots organizations and down-ballot races that need it most. Then, at the end of the month, they'll tell you where your dollars went. That's it. Set it and forget it. Vote Save America has already raised $52,000 in monthly recurring donations. Love it. That's great. From over 1,000 amazing sustaining donors who've signed up and trusted Vote Save America to make their dollar go further. But we still have a long way to go, and Vote Save America needs your help to get there. Sign up at votesaveamerica.com and enjoy your edible. <laughs> Legal disclaimer paid for by Vote Save America, votesaveamerica.com, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. And we're back with more hysteria. Uh, we're going to tackle this week in Sorry this week. It's been a while since we've done this, and that's only because there's been so many politics happening all the time. Megan's over here uh, opening some emergency. Pink <laughs> <laughs> um, lemonade flavor. Ooh. I think that's the best. That's the best emergency. You know what? I, in New York, I bought like a Lucy at a bodega once that was like tropical punch. Oh my goodness! A Lucy emergency. A Lucy emergency, yeah. and this bodega also sold Lucy gushers. Oh god, that sounds disgusting. Like, <laughs> well, just... it's not together, but actually, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get into this week in sorry. Uh, Dolce and Gabbana, the fashion label, the the house. I guess I don't even know what the words are. Uh, Dolce and Gabbana is in trouble again. Um, they uh, are trying to make some inroads into the massive luxury market in China, and they are not. <laughs> Doing they had well. a bit, they had a bit of a swing and a miss. <laughs> a bit of a, uh, yeah, a bit of a bit. It was like a, it wasn't a swing and a miss. It was like a swing and a miss, and then they just exploded. Like their <laughs> the whole the the home plate blew up. They swung, they hit the ball, the ball came back, hit them in the face, and now they're dead. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they released uh, some clips hyping a show in Shanghai that uh, featured a an authoritative male voice kind of chastising a Chinese model. And like kind of teasing her about trying to eat Western food with chopsticks. She was trying to eat spaghetti, cannolis. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a bad clip. And the people in China were like, this is a bad clip. And uh, it's gotten so bad that people who were uh, bef- who before were big consumers of Dolce & Gabbana were like burning their 
clothes, of their Dolce & Gabbana clothes, which is like not a small thing. No. Not a small thing at all. And then, you know, there were, there were models who were um, Chinese who refused to walk in the show. Uh, they uh, have, there was also an American uh, tastemaker on Instagram named Lucky Blue um, who pulled out of the show due to the kerfluffle. Um, and it seems like this is maybe something that should stick to them this is you'd think that they would learn their lesson they've apologized and been like oh sorry about all this but it was almost too little too late especially given their history of questionable actions i'm just going to le- read a list of some bad things <laughs> these are tune in <laughs> all together they really seem i mean i've i've been you know sort of on in women's media for a while and so i've kind of been aware of it for a while when you see it all together it's sort of like oh, oh wow. that's a lot that's a rap <laughs> sheet um so uh here's a quote that one of the founders said about kids born with IVF. I'm not convinced by those I call children of chemicals, synthetic children. <laughs> what? Rented uterus, nice. semen chosen from a catalog. Why? All of this is like defeat snatched from the... You don't have to bring this up at all. Uh, on He supported Melania Trump. Uh, Melania wore a Dol- Dolce & Gabbana top to Thanksgiving this year at Mar-a-Lago, even after this was going on. Uh they also said, we oppose gay adoptions. The only family is a traditional one. I am gay. I cannot have a child. I guess you cannot have everything in life. Life has a natural course. Some things cannot be changed. One is the family. Uh, they also created a slave sandal <laughs> that retailed for $2,395. Uh, they also sent white models down the runway wearing Blackmore earrings. Blackmore art is uh, racist and rooted in colonialism. Uh, and they re- released a line of sneakers called Thin and Gorgeous. Uh, And then in response to the backlash said, when idiocy distorts reality, incredible. Next time we'll write, love to be fat and full of cholesterol. They cyberbullied Selena Gomez. They did. (laughs) Selena has been through enough. Yeah. So so Z-Way, you're somebody who enjoys fashion. I do. How how did you react to this controversy as it was unfolding? And what do you think of it now? I'm I'm glad that the... um, so I saw that a lot of luxury stores actually pulled um, their clothes from the market. So I'm glad that people are responding with their with their pocketbooks and saying, you know, if you're going to treat people like this and be racist, you're not going to also benefit from our economy. Like, go away, mm-hmm. boo you. We'll get some other designer who doesn't treat us like trash, you bigots. But as far as their apology is concerned, it really comes back to actions speaking louder than words. If they're really sorry about this racist behavior then the best step is to change it and to not release slave sandals or to not go against the gay community and say horrible things about gay adoptions. Like, mind your business and sell your clothes. They, they said that their Instagram got hacked, too. Which, like, So they were like, listen, we're sorry about the chopsticks, but we got hacked and we didn't do the other stuff because they kept like defending it on their social media. Yeah, and they said that the Chinese people eat dogs. They were using, like, really kind of awful stereotypes and not the way to defend yourself when you did something racist. It's Apologize. Not the, the way to def- yeah, the way to defend yourself when you do something racist is not to do more racist things. No. You can't racist your way out of racism. Does it make it Three racist make less, up liberal. Does it make it less racist if you imagine them doing all of this in a funny Italian accent? <laughs> it's a racist. Oh, the goodness. dog is the wolf, a wolf, and then eat them. I don't consent to the accent work. <laughs> 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 I do not consent to that. <laughs> One of the things that I was thinking about with this, um, okay, so we're talking about a luxury brand and representation matters, obviously. And, and I think it's good to see a very public display of racism be rebuked in this way. But on the other hand, the sort of consumer that can buy Dolce & Gabbana is somebody who inherently must benefit from a system that prioritizes some groups of people over the other. So it's like I find like luxury – I find like branding wokeness, to, especially when it comes to luxury brands, to be something that I'm very leery of. And here's an example. So even if Dolce & Gabbana were to correct it and, and have like a, a – a, a model who represented a Chinese consumer being represented in a way that is how actually how Chinese consumers actually are. Um, that would be one thing. But I also think a lot about like Nike's uh, Colin Kaepernick 
Uh, yeah, Megan's got a Just Do It shirt on. I think about that ad campaign and how and how excited people were. And it was great to see, you know, you turn on t- the TV and you see a commercial saying, like, what this guy did was good. It's great to see that message on TV. But meanwhile, uh, the founder of Nike donated $5 million to the Republican candidate for governor in Oregon. So it's like, you know, and the company brought in millions of dollars from that ad campaign. So I almost feel like I would... I almost prefer it when corporations, when the leadership show their cards like this, because then it's like, okay, as a consumer, if I were to ever be able to afford Dolce & Gabbana, I would not opt to buy it. Mm-hmm. But like, but I would prefer that to like, is it, maybe I would prefer it to an ad campaign where it's like showing a, a disingenuous display of like wokeness, like Dove ad campaigns or, you yeah. know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this. Wow, I know it is tricky. Um, yeah, you think about that like Pepsi commercial that everybody got up in arms with, and that was like it in the sense that you're saying it was like good to see, like, oh, Pepsi is bad, they're dumb. Like, this went through so many levels of approval. Um, but then, I, yeah, it's tough, you know, you go to the pride parades and there's all it's ads now Mm -hmm. i mean it's all corporate floats and there's people that definitely take issue with that of like well this isn't what the point of this is it's not for absolute vodka to be like we're okay with gay people it's like a celebration of like what the community has been through to come to where we are now and then to and i say we as not a member of that community but you know, maybe I am. I don't know. And then and 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 like the resistance that's still and the equality that they're still fighting for. So it is tricky. I mean, I think it's also interesting, too, is I don't think that's why Dolce & Gabbana has learned anything is mm-hmm. because their consumers for for the most part probably don't care. Mm-hmm. It's probably not something that they're but like. China's a huge market for so for them to not be. For them to to kind of scurry away like that, it's they they lost money for sure. They had to cancel their runway show. That's no, yeah. that's nothing small. Because that's nothing small. What do you think that they should have done? I'm not saying that their apology was in any way sufficient, but how mm-hmm. could they? How could a somebody come back from a misstep like this in a way that feels like they mean what they're saying? In a way that feels like they mean what they're saying, giving uh-huh. money to groups, honestly, like finding local activists and supporting them as a corporation. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be activists. It, they're kind of inherently opposed to each other, being super capitalist and also taking issues with like the common people. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a tough question. I think this is just who they are, you know, like, yeah. and I, I think it's like, it feels like maybe they were re- raised religious, especially based on that, like gay people shouldn't have children comment and the IVF. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's like, if you want to purchase Dolce & Gabbana stuff, um, then you have to do it in the sense of like, I this is I go into it knowing. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I don't eat Papa John's pizza, um, but because it sucks. <laughs> if, it was my, if it was my favorite, favorite pizza, I'd be like, oh shit. You know, like I know a lot of gay people that eat Chick-fil-A because they're yeah. like, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're against me, but I love it. So it's like you, as a consumer... If it's something, if it's a cause that's very, very important to you, then you kind of just have to be educated about what corporations feel at their top levels. Mm -hmm. And if you like what the product is, I hate that there's not a better word for Trump's. Like, mm-hmm. we, there, it's a verb. We need a, what? what? Defeats. Defeats. Defeat, but it's not as good. Yeah. It's like, we have to, co- can we start an ad campaign where we just come up with a new word for Trump's? Oh, yeah. like It love- really bothers me. Every time I say it, I say no Hate. pun intended, and that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's, I'm happy that the things I like don't come from evil people, but I'm also wearing a Just Do It shirt right now. Yeah, well, I'm wearing L.L. Beans right now. And that they had a little their I think their CEO said something racist, or was a Trump supporter. But I'm these duck sure boots their are so, CEO is racist. Yeah, the, but <laughs> yeah. Like, the duck boots are so comfortable. So it's really about. <laughs> and I bought them before I knew he was a racist. I bought these shoes in 2008, and they've lasted 10 years. Um, I bought I bought a jersey, 150 dollars on a jersey, and then I found out the next day that he had pushed a girlfriend down the stairs. Oh God, that's horrible. And I'm Did, like, well, what the. Fuck. You should yeah. be able to get your money back. I yeah. want to. I want to go back and be like, give me my money back. Yeah, there's like a 30-day return policy if they've also abused someone. 
That's yeah. horrible. <laughs> um, There's but- like the abuse out. I think one thing that, that I keep coming back to when it comes to like consumerism and ad campaigns yeah. and whatever is I feel like now we're at an age where we have access to so much information that every time you purchase something that's a big purchase, yeah. you're essentially making a contribution to that person. Like to, to whoever in charge is in charge of the company. So I like it's hard not to accidentally give money to people who have who are going to use it for bad ends. Yeah. But Dolce and Gabbana are pretty much a, a gimme like to yeah. avoid. Like they've they you know, Melania Trump, like I said, wore them at Thanksgiving even after this thing was happening. And they dress her a lot and they seem to support her yeah. a lot. And so it's just like... I I do consume things more when I know that the, like, head of the corporation is good. Like, the Panera CEO is, like, super, super woke. Mm-hmm. And I love a you pick, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I eat it more now because it's like if I'm down to this and this, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go holler at some Panera because <laughs> this guy went on food stamps. Totally. Totally. Um, also, just to talk about, go back to the activism, I was trying to think of a better answer for you, but I think if a business supports the community that they also want to patronize them, that's a way, that's like a way that they can give back. That's positive. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's hard to imagine a way to give back to the luxury brand consumer in China. I think they're pretty Definitely good. true. Yeah, they're fine. I think it's pretty clear that we don't really accept the disingenuous apology from Dolce & Gabbana. Uh, And I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's not the last one we're going to hear from them. All right, we're back with more Hysteria. Me, Megan, and Z-Way are here with uh, Hills Will Die On. But first, we've got some leftovers from Thanksgiving. And uh, we're going to start with a listener hill. Hey, Hysteria. (laughs) So the hill that I will die on is that I hate French bread. You know those pieces of French baguette that they give you with soup at a restaurant? Yeah, I fucking hate those. If I'm going to indulge on carbs, it shouldn't feel like I'm working out. (laughs) By the time I eat a piece of that, I have sweat dripping from my forehead, my jaw is practically broken, and I'm on the verge of passing out. So in other words, fuck French bread, no one should eat it, stop giving it to me with my soup. That is the hill that I will die on. Oh, my God. Okay, first of all, that is the first time a male voice has ever been on this show. Whoa. First ever man. Really? Um, Yeah. First ever male voice on Hysteria. So congratulations to that listener uh, and his French bread sweats. I don't know. Z-Way, how do you feel about French bread? bread? Uh, I don't know what it is particularly. Is it the bread that's in a stick that's long? It's like a baguette, yeah. Oh, sure. I like bread. Me too. I got no beef Uh. with bread. But the thing is that that bread is very delicious for like dippings and olive oil. You or have to get soup, it moist. He was saying if a sandwich is on a baguette, it is hard to eat. Yeah. You walk around like Rome, like yeah. yanking it out of your mouth. Yeah. Sandwiches are bad date foods for that reason. Yeah, because, they are like, bad date foods. You have to kind of like like you're a dog trying to kill a toy. When you're eating it. So, okay, French bread. I, I, res- I respect that hill, although I've never really felt like I was going to die while eating bread. Not personally, think- no. Well, no. If, I ate, if I eat bread too quickly, I'll choke. But that's separate. <laughs> I just have a dry throat. <laughs> okay, Z-Way, what's your hill that you'll die on? This My week? hill that I will die on in honor of today's episode is that while Real Housewives is horrible and bad for um, our brains, it is also Shakespeare. Let me give you examples. For example, think of the think of shall I compare thee to a summer's day? How does that compare to jealousy's jealousy is a disease? Get well soon, bitch. Said by Kim Zoltziak on the <laughs> third episode of the reunion of Atlanta last year. You know the language is there. Another to be or not to be, that's brilliant. But how does that compare to Sonia Morgan saying nothing's gray about my gardens? <laughs> I'm just saying that when it comes to wordplay, the Real Housewives keep it going every day and, and every day out. I agree. I co-sign that hill. Yes. Huh. I'll I'm die on still... that hill. <laughs> Reality TV is actually good. Okay. <laughs> I don't it makes know. Me that, happy. You know, I know so many women who I love dearly who love reality TV, and I feel like there's a part of my brain missing. I can only get into, like, The Bachelor, and that's, like, the first few episodes oh, when I don't everyone, the when they, before they cut the people that are real weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. like, those are, that's really the only reality. And I, I like, give it a shot. Bachelor in Paradise can be it's really fun. fun. It's Very really fun. fun. They just have sex. Yeah. Yeah. They're just fucking. It's pretty chill. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's chill. It's just sort of like I would rather just be living. If you're gonna watch Bachelor in Paradise, so you should just watch Love Island because it's Bachelor in Paradise with British accents and like better bodies. Okay, Ooh, that's a burn to us. No, it is. <laughs> well, they just have like their booties out. They just got Brazilian the cut. booties out. Yeah, they wear Brazilian cut bottoms and thongs, and it's like, listen, if I'm gonna be watching people in bathing suits, give me the booty too. Okay. <laughs> okay, Uncensored. Megan. What's the... Megan, what's the hill you'll die in this week? Oh, wow. Having been wedding dress shopping one time, um, my mom made me go at 10 a.m. the day after I got engaged. And the woman was like, do you have a Pinterest board? And I'm like, I puked an hour ago. Uh, (laughs) I would say that every person who goes wedding dress shopping needs to bring a person they don't know. Because these people are buying dresses that are terrible. I mean, I am standing in there. I couldn't even enjoy my process. I didn't even get a dress because I was looking around being like, someone needs to tell her no. No, 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 no. She can't get that. She cannot get that. Granted, I was going in Indiana. So the taste level is off, we could say. But I'm like, please take that dress off. I mean, just horrible, horrible, horrible. And their friends are cheering. And I'm like, something is wrong. They need an outside. You need like a litigator. Mm -hmm. You need... Someone who like comes in and is like, no. So I want to start a show you called You Should Say No to That Dress. You Should Say No to That Dress. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's harsh but fair. Harsh but fair. Harsh, harsh but fair, for I've sure. I've never seen, I've, I guess I've seen ugly wedding dress, but I just chalk it up to it not being my style. Um, so, so, but I get that totally. Yeah, I usually judge it like if I go to a wedding and the bride seems comfortable and happy, then I'm like, good for you. Yeah. You know, I've never attended a wedding where I hated the dress because I surround myself with intelligent, thoughtful, (laughs) loving people with good karma. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. well, I have a wedding opinion, too. Uh, We're coming into the holidays and... I haven't had this happen to me, but I've had this happen to people that I know, and it always makes people crazy a little bit. Um, Don't have your wedding on a holiday weekend. Don't have your wedding Saturday after Thanksgiving. Don't have your wedding on New Year's Eve. Don't have your wedding right around Christmas. Don't do it. Your friends don't like it. You're taking their holiday away from their families, and you're reappropriating it to your wedding. so, So there are exceptions. I think if you're maybe 22, Ah! (laughs) you're 22 and you're engaged to someone from your small town and it's the day after Thanksgiving and that's the, and you know, all your friends are going to be home anyway. That was an exception for my mom and dad. (laughs) Really? For Megan Gailey's parents. Just celebrated their 40th (laughs) wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Uh, But yeah, I think like if people have to travel and make a choice between attending your wedding and spending time with their families, then that's a really rude choice for you to ask them to make. And I will counter that. Yeah. And say, I plan on having a New Year's Eve wedding. Exactly. Um, because I want people to stay up until midnight. I want everybody to party late. And I'm inviting people and hoping some of them don't fucking come. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you 100%. I'm totally oh, going to have like a Christmas birthday in like Bahamas. Like somewhere. Yes! super. Yeah, somewhere remote to desolate. So I know who's a real one and who's a fake one. You know, also, I went to a wedding on January 3rd in Florida once and it was nice to be in the warm weather. And then there was a blizzard back in the Midwest and everybody got stuck there for like three extra days. Oh, Ooh. That's fun. And people were upset, but I was great. <laughs> Z-Way and Megan, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you. Thank you. Listener Hills to Die On. If you want to submit one, record it as a voice memo. Send it to hysteria at crooked.com. And uh, it might be featured in a future episode. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. And uh, there'll be more Hysteria next week. 